So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. What I love about this week's fantastic open book of a guest, Christian author and editor, Katera Washington Patton, is her no-nonsense approach to navigating fear. Fundamentally, Katera comes with a deep, deep belief that whatever she's about to do next is going to work out in her favor. And a deep faith. She relies on good old-fashioned prayer as well as on her past, on those times when she made changes amidst uncertainty. She uses the memories of those times as proof positive that things will work out just fine. Really refreshing and really inspiring. Katera also had a very interesting and what I think is a very profound view on certain jobs that we have at certain moments in time. She says, sometimes you need a rest. And sometimes having a job that isn't challenging to you can be helpful, meaning that it gives you the time and space to deal with whatever else might be happening in your life. A really fantastic and a really underappreciated point of view. Okay, enough with me. Please allow me to introduce you to Katera Washington Patton. Fantastic. Well, firstly, again, thank you for agreeing to, uh, to share your journey. Oh, great. So question number one for you, Katera, do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or even what it is I'm meant to be doing here on this planet? Oh, my goodness. I think about that all the time. It really is kind of center, central to what I want to do and what I strive to do. Um, a lot of times, it may feel like I'm kind of drifting, but at the end of the day, I really do care about knowing that I'm in line with what I'm supposed to be doing. What I'm supposed to be doing is supposed to be impacting other people and helping other people because really it's kind of pointless if it doesn't. When did you first realize that this idea of helping other people was your purpose in life? Well, I've always been interested in writing and communications, and I kind of thought I would go the journalism route, more hard news stories, writing stories that impacted people. But actually, about 1998, midway my career, I really felt a sense of going to work for a Christian publishing company. Yep. And that's really when uh, purpose kind of got in the middle of me because I um, started editing Bible study guides and I felt the difference almost immediately. You know how some mornings you might wake up not really wanting to go to work, but at this particular job, it was always just different because I was like, wow, today I could write something that could really help someone really know God better. I could yep. help write something that could really make a difference in someone's life. So I took my writing skills and started to make them kind of center more around purpose-driven writing, purpose-driven material, material that really would just help people. Got it. And Katara, can you tell us what is it that you do today? Today, I am actually considered a freelance writer and editor 
as well as kind of a consultant on publishing um, books. I've worked in the Christian publishing industry for the most of my career, and um, that's centered around developing books um, with a Christian focus. I've actually written books myself. Um, I have three out, right? actually two out, another one coming out in January. And bo- both of my books that are out now, the first one is Successful Moms of the Bible, yep. and the second one is Successful Women of the Bible, and they deal with biblical characters and how they can influence us today and help us live better lives today. Got it. And let me ask this question from another angle. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? Absolutely not. (laughs) I don't know if you can really totally project that. Yep. I did think I would be doing something with writing, something in communications, like I said, probably more news-oriented. I had no idea that the Christian publishing world would open up to me. But I do recall, even as a little girl, kind of reading one of those daily words, those little um, kind of daily devotionals, and saying, oh, I could write this. Literally sitting uh-huh. on the floor in my bedroom saying that I could write that. So I do think the seed was planted. I didn't know it at the time. That's amazing. How old were you at that time? I was probably 10 or 12. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember it was the teen version of like a little daily word. What would you say is is the earliest idea uh, you had of what it is you wanted to be when you grew up? I think that's kind of morphed. I do think probably around 12, I wanted to be a child and adolescent psychologist. Okay. Then I got into communications probably near high school. But I could see how all of those callings really do work together. Even now, I still like working with youth. I work with youth materials. I still like helping people process things and, and think through your feelings and emotions. Um, all that kind of falls under that child and adolescent psychology piece that I didn't necessarily pursue, but it's still of serious interest to me. When you first have this idea of being a psychologist at a young age, uh-huh. how, how much further do you take that idea? While you're growing up, are you talking about that at home? Are you uh, thinking about that in school? Is that leading to your college decisions? Yeah, I think for me at that particular time, it was indicative of where I was. I was a teenager. I kind of felt like, wow, I have so much to say, so much to express. I wish I just had like a non-judgmental person to share that with. I knew even then having someone just listen could actually help you work through some of your ideas and thoughts. So I did kind of translate that through where it wasn't necessarily a part of my career I worked in ministry at my church with youth that age, and I kind of served as that kind of counselor, that kind of listening presence. Even today with my friends, I'm kind of known as the person people call with a problem, and they just just are looking for someone to hear them. They don't even need answers a lot of times, because actually in psychology, that's not what the role is. It's really to have you air out and start talking, again, feeling totally comfortable and open to share. So I I did do that um, kind of on the side in addition to my work. But again, in my work as writing, I'm often asked to speak and share different things. That's another way that I connect that whole, it's okay to have a safe space to share and talk. Can I ask, what is it that you studied in college? In college, I studied mass communications in English. And then in grad school, I studied journalism with a focus on magazine publishing. 
later I went on to get my Master of Divinity from seminary. Got it. And what led you to study English in the first place? Um, I just like the English language. I like communications. I wanted to be a really good writer. I wanted to be able to get my thoughts out clearly. Again, um, probably stemming back to those conversations I had in my room with myself as a little girl of, I would love to express myself in a way that's in, in relatable and non, in a non-judgmental environment. Did you at all think about pursuing psychology in college? I didn't. You know, by that point, I really was into communication, uh-huh. so I didn't even really give it a second thought, although clearly the um, pieces I was involved in, the stuff I worked on, clearly had more of a psychological bent, um, definitely teen and adolescence, youth-focused. But no, I didn't know what I was doing at that time. At what point did you realize that communications was something that's really of interest to you? In about high school year, in fact, I remember just having a conversation with a friend who was interested in being on the radio. And that was my first time really kind of considering communications as a career. And I Uh just started asking her questions about it and and really started paying attention to the media around me. And I was like, oh, I like this. And I actually wrote for my school's newspaper. I did the yearbooks. I was already very involved in communications, just had not considered it as a career path. Yeah, I got it. And do you remember what actually piqued your interest about communications? What was it that you liked about it so much? I think being able to present information to other people, Uh particularly like the yearbook. We'd sit back and think about which pictures we would include, what theme we would have. It was just really kind of nice to be able to be a part of shaping information. Do you have any recollection of what, even when you're doing the yearbook or you're thinking about this idea of sharing information out, do you have any recollection of what that actually felt like to you internally? That's a really good question. I do remember having a little sense of being a gatekeeper, and they talk a lot about that in journalism. Gatekeepers are the people who really are the ones responsible for sharing the information. Because there's a lot of information out there. It just doesn't all get shared. So there has to be kind of a responsible party, people who care about the information that's being shared and who can be selective yet at the same time um, having the best interest of others at heart by the information we select. So even way back when, when I was selecting just the theme for a yearbook, it mattered that it would be a theme that people cared about or that would interest people so that they too could have cherished moments in a yearbook. Yeah, and so this idea of gatekeeper was somehow interesting. Yes, very much so. Very interesting. It was. It's almost like a level of power, yet power used hopefully for good. Can I ask, what is it that your parents did or do? My mom, who is deceased, she's been deceased for 10 years. She actually had a neat little career. Um, She always wanted to be a home economics teacher, but she got married before she went to college. So she never fulfilled that. But in some way, I, I just love her story. And it reminds us how God can give us purpose and give us the desires of our hearts. She actually got to work at the um, for the state's health center and health unit, and her last job was kind of a nutritionist aide where she helped women, infant, and children. That was the program she worked yep. for, WIC. She helped them learn how to prepare nutritionist meals, which is very close to being a home economics teacher. Right. So she would enjoy that. Her office, in fact, had a test kitchen 
in it. And she'd make recipes and serve them and say, hey, you could really take care of your family and give them good meals that are healthy for them. So she got to do what she was passionate about, even without the necessarily formal education. And my father had several jobs. Um, primarily, he retired as a truck driver. Yep. That's pretty much how he took care of us. But um, his family, he came from a family of farmers in Louisiana. So he had to take care of um, his family pretty early on by dropping out of high school. Yep. But um, he ended up being able to provide for us through his manual labor, particularly truck driving. Yeah. And can you tell me what uh, impact would you say that they had on uh, on your career or your decision-making uh-huh. process along the way? Two things particularly. This is not necessarily decision-making yet, yep. but I remember my parents just being faithful workers. I mean, yeah. you wake up in the morning, you get dressed, and you go to work. Um, I, I think people can benefit from just seeing that. You know, yeah. um, clearly every day wasn't sunshiny. Clearly every day wasn't skipping out the door, but they were committed and dedicated to that. And I took that with me, even on rough days or tough days, that it's a commitment. I'm going to take care of my family, so I'm going to be out this door and get some work done. (laughs) But in terms of shaping what I chose, I do know they wanted my brother and my sister and I all to choose something we loved. They really believed in education, while both of neither of them could get formal education past high school, we it was expected that we'd go to college. So yep. they did instill a level of, hey, you can choose. We want you to do well. We want you to pursue education. So your job might be jobs that are more purposeful, more meaningful, and you can take care of your family that way. Yeah. Uh, do you have any siblings? Yes, I do. I have a brother who's an engineer, and I have a sister who's a nurse. And how would you say they have impacted your First of all, my brother and sister served as phenomenal role models for me. Again, I think it's very important to have those people in the homes right next to you, seeing them struggle, seeing them do well. My brother was extremely smart. He was known that it it was clearly just known he would be the first one in our family to go to college. He did. He got a scholarship. He went through in four years, and he got a job. And so... To see that pattern was just almost a given for me. It was not, you know, something that was optional. I was going to go to college. I was going to get a scholarship. I was going to get a job after college. So yeah. my sister also followed suit. She, um, she's in between my brother and I. Yep. She went on. She wanted to be a nurse. And it was, it was a struggle at first because it was actually kind of hard for her. But um, my parents encouraged her and told her, if this is what you want to do, we want you to study hard. We want you to commit to it. And she did it. Yep, yep. And so seeing that is huge for right. a child coming behind them. Right. So you were the, the baby of the bunch. I was, yes, the baby of the bunch. On a scale of 0 to 10, where 0 is a total non-issue, and 10 is a big, dark, gloomy shadow. Katara, how large a shadow would you say that financial considerations have had over your career path to date? Early stage, probably five or six, particularly getting to college. I mean, getting a scholarship was pretty imperative. I mean, my parents did not have a lot of money, and as you just said, I was the baby of the bunch. My brother went to school on a scholarship, and of course, you know, kids still need money. My sister didn't go on a scholarship, so my parents had 
kind of forked over a lot of money during that time. And my dad had been laid off. So I needed a scholarship. (laughs) So money was very, um, it factored into my decision, even with the school choice, I needed to have a scholarship. But as I chose a career, I have to say money did not drive that. Um, And I do remember having a conversation with my brother. He asked, what was the opening salary for these types of jobs? And it was actually pretty low. So if I had been more focused on money, I may have chosen a different path. But I think just getting to school, getting money to go to school was a bigger issue for me than actually how much you're going to make when you get out. How do you think you sort of uh, personally transitioned, I mean, from, from having it be a big issue to not having it be a big issue? What was, what was the leap in your mind that happened? You do want to do something you love. You do want to follow your dreams. And of course you want to get a job, get a career that has a good job path. And and if you work hard, you can. And in my particular career in the communications field, I did have good teachers, teachers who encouraged internships. I did my first internship my sophomore year in college, and I didn't stop after that. I even worked while in Um, college at a newspaper. So it was really about taking steps to prepare myself better to get a job. Even if it wasn't a high paying job, we were making steps towards securing that you would have a job. And doing my first job, I had to work two jobs. I did have part-time jobs. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a struggle, but you know, you do what you have to do. You said you do have to get a job or you do need to find a job that you love. How did you come to that realization? I know it might sound like a silly question, but a lot of people don't. You know, I think I've always been of that personality type of doing stuff I like. Um, and maybe that goes back to being at a yearbook. That's a different, that's a different level of creativity. You're, yep. you're working on a yearbook at school as opposed to just sitting in a science lab or doing something. And that might be fun for some people, but I did find my creative side, my come alive side happened in the journalism halls. It happened in the new, um, in the yearbook room. So I, I felt alive even then doing that type of stuff. So I think that kind of started me to thinking, Hey, you want to feel like this most days, right? So you want to do something that's producing, that's creating. Can you describe a little bit what that aliveness feels like and how you went about capturing it moving forward? Okay, I think the aliveness feels, and I'm 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 really trying to put it into words, so yeah. it may not be as eloquent as I want it to be, but I think it's waking up knowing that today I get to do something that's a little different. I don't like doing the same thing every day. It's a little different. It's creating. I'm producing something, um, even if it's information that I'm presenting, I'm packaging, whatever that looks like, through writing, through a layout, through whatever. I'm producing something that will hopefully get someone to read it and react. Yeah. React either through being inspired, through making a difference, through saying, I can go on. Even right now, in having written books, I was having a tough time, and I just felt led to go back and read chapter one of my book, and I did, and I was like, oh my, this can help you. It helped me, and I wrote it, so even even revisiting words, so that level of 
I am packaging something today that can impact someone tomorrow or later and, and help them out. What you just described, you look for that now in anything that you do? I do. I definitely do. I look for that feeling of I am bringing something to the table. I'm contributing. I am doing something that will make a difference to someone. That doesn't mean that you don't have bad days. Right. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I wish it did. When you're having bad days or bad weeks or bad periods, how do you, how do you keep that idea alive? I think you have to take bad periods and bad times one day at a time. Yep. And at the same time, go back and revisit those. Like I said, personally, I needed to read chapter one. And that gave me yep. a little bit of a boost. Like, oh, okay, so what you're doing here is important. It's impacting you. So, you know, it has to be impacting other people. And sometimes I read comments um, at those low points comments different people you know might make different reviews or or reflect on what people said about the book this past saturday i actually got to sit in on a book club and listen to women talk about it taking that in yeah yeah and and it just reminds me you know tomorrow will be a different day maybe you'll feel better then (laughs) right but it it does help you keep going thinking back katara on your career to date and and life and thinking back on your friends, family and colleagues, what kind of counsel or advice have people consistently come up to you for the most? Following your dreams, particularly within the last couple of years since I transitioned from my full-time job to running my own business. That's a huge dream for a lot of people, but it's not an easy thing to do. A lot of people wanted to know, how did you get the courage? How did you get the faith? How did you do it? And um, it was not formulaic, but I had been doing my work for a long time. I also had been doing stuff on the side, editing and writing. So I had began to build clients and people who would come to me for work. Um, So a lot of times people really just want to know, how do you get those wings to fly and be a freelance person? Yeah. Got it. And what's your general counsel on that? Um, lots of prayer, uh-huh. lots, of, lots of awareness of what's happening around you, because I definitely would not prescribe a certain formula saying, hey, you should do this for 10 years and then do this and do that. Right. I would say take advantage of everything that interests you. Like I said, I didn't necessarily know all of my part-time side gigs. One of my favorite things was editing dissertations for people. I actually really just enjoyed that because I'm nosy. I wanted to know what people were writing about. So I was like, oh, I'll read it and edit it and get paid for it. So, But that gave me a little cushion and a little client base that I did not foresee as kind of uh, helping me leap often to doing it full time. So again, I would be open, um, keeping your eyes open to opportunities, really, yep. and, and to see how your path might develop out of that. Looking back a little bit further, is there, is there any other type of counsel that people were coming up to you for pretty consistently? I do think people also wanted to know, like, how did I get jobs? Because I did kind of, I didn't stay at a job very long. My longest job ended up being probably seven years, which, you know, is is not, not short, but it's also not very, very, very long. I was never afraid to leave. When I started to feel unsatisfied or even unhappy or conditions just changed, I was okay with looking out there, 
putting my resume out there, talking to different people. Change did not scare me. Yep. In fact, sometimes change motivated me. Thinking back on your career today, what would you say has been the biggest aggravation? I think it's been working with people whose mission doesn't always align with their actions. And I've, I've wrestled with that a long time because some of it could be just life. You know, a business says they want to do this, but they're doing that. It, yep. it happens sometimes. But because of who I am and at my core, I try to be authentic and transparent. And that doesn't always look the same as a company running missions, running off of a mission statement, but looking yeah. differently. That's challenging. Because yeah. you got to kind of stay there and work through that. Right. And um, yeah, that's hard. I love that. How have you, I love that challenge, but how have you thought about that? I mean, when, you're, when you find yourself in that situation or in that experience, how are you navigating that? I pray a lot. Uh -huh. <laughs> Again, um, I seek direction from God. Most of the jobs that I've taken, particularly in the Christian realm, have been, I feel, promptings from God. So if I've been prompted to be there, I, I, I rely on God for my cues of when to leave also. Yeah. Um, because I, I do believe change is inevitable, and sometimes some signs are there asking you to leave or, or suggesting you leave. So I really am very, I try to be discerning and prayerful. As I get older, I'm probably a little less um, rash. Yep. When I was younger, you know, you, know, you can quit a job easier and do this. But um, yeah, I, I stay attuned. Are there any career decisions, uh, looking back, that you would today choose to undo or somehow redo? I probably would not redo any because I just, I'm not a person who lives out of regret yep. because even in seasons where like I had one job that I did for three years that some people even said, how did that match your career path? But you know what? Those three years were the probably toughest personally for me. And that job was a job that I didn't have to worry about money and the work was easy. So yep. I do feel like sometimes maybe you need a rest and sitting down and um, going to a job that isn't challenging you as much could be helpful. Right. So when I got through those three years, I knew it was time to move on because I didn't want to be at a job that didn't challenge me for too long, especially after I had gotten over some of my personal issues. Yeah, and have you ever found yourself overstaying at a job? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I felt like I've come close. But I, I've definitely paid attention to the signs and have said, no, I think I'm going to put my wings out, spread my wings and start looking. So right at the time when it looked like things could have gotten ugly, I was probably one step ahead, ready to leave. Have you made decisions that felt fearful to you at the time that you were making them? I think anytime you're willing to make a change, fear is going to creep in there. But I have not been one, I can definitely say this, to give in to fear. Yeah. When I recognize fear, I start praying. When I recognize fear, I start thinking about, hey, you moved last time and this worked out. I am one of those people, I, I, I firmly believe. I may not have all the answers. I may not know how this is going to work out, but I believe it will work out. So yeah. fear has not stopped me. 
from doing things. So even when I feel it, I got to start thinking about what happened last time and keep moving. And any tips or tricks to navigating fear? I think clearly thinking about your past, thinking about your past. Clearly five years ago, maybe you didn't think you would be doing what you're doing today. You didn't know how it would work out, but some kind of way it has worked out. So I think being very open and mindful of how your path has unfolded can keep you from giving in to fear. No, you're not going to know every step of the way, but yep. somehow, some way it does work out. Yep. And imagine if you hadn't taken that step, you would never know. What would you consider to be the highlight of your career to date? Highlights. I've had several great highlights. I've gotten to work at historical companies. I got to work at Jet Magazine. And I actually worked under John um, Johnson, who founded that magazine. That yep. was really just amazing to be able to be a part of history. I got to interview people who were really cool. I did that job for probably two and a half years, and many people may have thought it was a dream job. And it wasn't a bad job. It was just not my dream. I was very clear on that, that you can do some things for a season because they're good and fun and great exposure. It just wasn't my ending point, and I knew that. Um, but I love that job, and yep. I love the history that I got to be a part of. I, again, I think most of my jobs rank there pretty high. Um, going into the Christian publishing realm kind of changed my life. I yep. never thought that would be my career direction. I was a Christian. I was a very spiritual person. I believed in God, but I didn't know I could make a living and a viable living doing it. So um, going into Christian publishing prompted me to go to seminary which also prompted me to get into further, further into Christian publishing, which has, you know, really helped with my books and publishing my books. So all of those have been great, great career highs. How did the Christian publishing writing or Christian publishing um, come into your field of vision? What, when did that actually happen? What was the catalyst? You know, it's um, like, some, like one of my bosses used to say, at the risk of being super spiritual, uh -huh. it's really a super spiritual story. I um, prayed. I prayed for career direction. In fact, I remember it. I wrote a blog post recently about this. Um, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. Yeah. I was at a prayer service. My church would have prayer service on Wednesday nights. I would go. And usually you'd pray for the sick, pray for the president, pray for, you know, issues. Right. But this particular day, the person leading prayer service said, pray for yourself. What would you like to pray for for you? I turned to my neighbor and I said, career direction. That was the simple prayer, career direction. Yeah. And I prayed. And then right after I left prayer service, you know, sometimes you feel like you get answers to prayers right away. Sometimes it feels like it's years. Right. This particular one, I literally was not more than two blocks away from the church, making a left-hand turn onto Dan Ryan in Chicago, and I felt like I needed to send my resume to this company, this Christian publishing company in Chicago. I went to my little word processor. This tells you how long ago that was. Right. And I belted out my little resume. I printed it out on that parchment paper we used to use. Put it, looked in the mass head, got that address, put it in an envelope and mailed it. Within three days, the president of the company was talking and he said, we have a youth magazine that needs to be edited. And, you know, when I mentioned earlier, my interest in youth and adolescence, I was like, that's what I always wanted to do was a youth magazine. And here was the opportunity to do it. So that was kind of the answer to a prayer. That's amazing.
Yes, it is. So last question here, Katera, knowing what you know today, how would you advise your younger self? Hmm, that's cute. I would tell my younger self to continue to be fearless. Don't worry. Yep. Go after what you want. Things will take care of themselves. They always do. The money will come. The opportunities will come. Follow what you think you should be doing. And enjoy it. Fantastic. Katara Washington Patton, really, really appreciate the conversation. Super Thank forthcoming. You. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gerd Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com. 